listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Welcome everybody to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. I am Tiny, sitting across from me is John Long. Hello. Uh, coming to you from rural Alabama. Yeah, I wouldn't say we're rural. Not super rural. Compared to like... Compared to like urban places. Yeah, like a metropolitan city like Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We're very rural, right? Right. Yeah. We're here to talk about odd news. We are. First, how was your week? It's pretty good. I was telling you, I spent Saturday on the lake all day long, me and Hudson and the Scouts. It was our back-to-school bash. We was y'all fishing year. or just canoeing? Oh, or? we fished? No, we were out on a boat. Okay. We went to the island, hung out at the island, fished, cooked hamburgers, grilled out, all that stuff, took kids tubing, all of that. Grand day. A mm-hmm. good time was had ball. Then this week, Deidre fired our housekeeper. <laughs> Which has been brewing for a long time, but they raised our rates. I told you, oh, didn't I? I did. You didn't mention that. Uh, they went up on our rates. You know, inflation's hitting the house cleaning <laughs> business. It's everything has been affected by sure. this, John. One of our rates twenty five dollars a cleaning, so fifty extra bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And Deidre did not feel like she was getting a great value for her money, so she parted ways with them. I get home about five o'clock. Now this is after being on the lake since eight a.m. that morning. <laughs> And Deidre's cleaning the a whole full house. day of lake fun. Sure. Right. Full day. Yes. Like nonstop lake fun in the sun. <laughs> and that is draining. Everybody knows <laughs> if you've ever been spending a day out just hanging out on a lake, it's a lot of fun, but it wears you out. Mm-hmm. I get home, Deidre's cleaning. I'm like, hey, what's up with you cleaning? Don't we pay somebody to do this? <laughs> and she's like, well, I fired Jane. That's the lady's name. <laughs> Not anymore, we don't. Yeah, she's like, so I wanted to get one cleaning in this weekend real good. And I was like, okay, well, more power to you. That's great. I've been out on the lake all day. I'm going to go get a shower and chill out. And she was like, well, why don't you take this stuff and clean the shower while you're in there? And I was <laughs> like, uh, well, I don't really want to because I'm tired. <laughs> 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 the audacity of your wife to ask you to clean the shower. Right. After you've had a full day of sure. fishing and tubing and grilling hamburgers yeah. and hanging out. Hanging out. In the sun. It's hot. It's tiring. Everybody <laughs> that's done that knows how tiring that is. Well, she's been at home. House is spotless, too. Look great. She didn't get our bedroom done. And when we were going bad last night, she's like, man, I wanted to get our bedroom clean, but I'll try to hit it tomorrow. Well, she was starting when I was walking over here. <laughs> I was like, that's okay, baby. Don't worry about it. You know, I was like, we'll leave a little bit off of your pay this week. <laughs> hey, I don't reckon y'all are on the market for a Roomba, are you? Not well. Are you got one you're selling? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So I don't know if we're gonna hire. Well, first of all, I told I clean the shower. Like I told Deidre, I'm not tired at all from being out in the sun all day <laughs> with a bunch of teenagers. You sucked it up. Yeah, I sucked it up. And I cleaned the shower and I did a real good job, I must say. And then I sat down and she cooked dinner. <laughs> so. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not cooking. I'm not helping cook, girl. <laughs> I've already cooked hamburgers. I've already cooked for the day. That's right. Yeah. I cooked for like 25 people. So, yeah. So she's not sure she's going to hire anybody else. Any 
house cleaning services in the greater Tuscaloosa, North Fort area, get up with me with quotes, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll see if if you can handle the task. Deidre was real mad. She cleaned the blinds. So we're sitting there at night. The sun started going down. She's like, oh, yeah, I cleaned all the blinds today. And I was like, great. It was just driving me up the wall <laughs> that they weren't clean. <laughs> She's like, well, they said they were going to clean the blinds, and they haven't cleaned them in a very long time. I was like, well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. You know, like, you could have just told them to do it, and they would have done it mm-hmm. instead of firing over. Now we got to spend our Saturdays cleaning the house, too. Oh, well, such is life. Yeah. Anyways. Well, how about some odd news this week? What we got going on? All right. Well, I've got a story about Hong Kong. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about a funeral fight, and we're going to talk about a lucky home buyer in Nevada. Okay. Well, I've got some stories here, and let me just maybe I should just go ahead and say at the outset that uh, any younger listeners. If we haven't run y'all off by now, <laughs> if your parents be, are still allowing you to there, listen to this, there may be no hope. Your parents have no oversight of their lives. But we do have some very, uh, some kind of darker stories today. I've got a story about a Las Vegas landlord. I've got a story about a man who drank a mystery liquid during his guilty verdict. Okay. But I wanted to start off with this one. John, do you remember that time? I believe it was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, Murdered somebody on the set of his movie, Rust. Yes, I do remember when he shot <laughs> I mean, somebody in the face, right? I don't know if it was in the face, okay. but he definitely shot somebody. And maybe a murder is a strong word. He claims it was an accident. I mean, he definitely pointed the gun at someone right. and pulled the trigger. Yes. But it was supposed to not be a uh, a real gun. gunshot. It was supposed to be like a prop gun. No, I don't want to come off as insensitive here, Tiny, but... Should there be some onus on the person who got shot? You know, like, <laughs> if, if you know in this scene we're going to be firing a gun, do you need to stand directly down range from that gun? Well, there's so many questions here because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, didn't the uh, one of the photographers get hit too? Oh, I don't know. He got a two piece. Yeah, that's the thing. Like someone was standing be- behind the person with the camera, and uh-huh. I think they got shot too. Oh, wow. I think. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Anyways, anyway, back to Alec. There's so many questions about this. I was under the impression that there was a whole business mm-hmm. that made guns that would not fit real ammunition. I like kinda, the only ammunition that they would take were specially made movie you know, prop cartridges yeah. that this same company made that made the gun. Makes sense. Like I I I I was listening to a podcast a while back where they were talking to somebody who was like in the business. And, you know, maybe it's not like a rule that all movies have to use these people, but I thought that was like a whole industry. So the very fact that there was a a live loaded gun on set is bizarre to me. In 2021, when this happened. Do we? Now, it was a young lady that was killed, right? Uh, Yes. Do we know what she knew about the Clintons? (laughs) I don't know. That's a legitimate question. About the Clintons. (laughs) Or what she knew. (laughs) Or Epstein. 
You know, what's right. the connection there? Has anybody looked into it? Well, I tell you what, if you go on 4chan, yeah. odds are somebody's found some type of connection. I, well, we know Alec Baldwin's been in bed with the libs for a long time. <laughs> you don't think he would do a contract killing on behalf of the Democratic <laughs> Party and Jeffrey Epstein? Of I, course I, he would, Tiny. Of course he would. Oh, of course he would. Well, the FBI, they have weighed in. Okay. Well, look. FBI's had a big week, too. You know? Yes. Had a big weekend. If we cannot trust the FBI, John, (laughs) who can we trust? Look, I stand by our men in blue or whatever they are. I don't know. They don't wear uniforms. They got that cool jacket. That's all they have. I thought they had the suit. Yeah, they wear just a regular suit. And then they got that big, that blue starter jacket with FBI on the back. That's only when there's an active operation yeah. going on and they need high visibility. I got a buddy that's an FBI agent. Okay. Is it anything like the X-Files? Yeah, I would just... That's, I think 90% of what I know about the FBI comes from the, the X-Files. I would just say that uh, he's an American hero, by the way. But 20 years ago, if you'd have told me he was going to be an FBI agent, I would be like, man... FBI is going to be up to some shady stuff. <laughs> They're going to be like raiding future pres- or previous presidents. presidents. <laughs> They're going to be opening up gates and letting protesters sure. into the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all I'm saying. They're going to be refusing to answer questions about this yes. at uh, congressional hearing. No, I'm, let me just say, I'm kidding. My friend, shout out to him. He may not want everybody to he may not want to be linked to me, honestly. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. The <laughs> FBI, they don't want to be linked to someone. <laughs> <laughs> what if they can recruit me as like the next Ray Epps or something? I need to get up with him. Or about Whitey that. Bulger. Yeah, but like, dude, I'm willing go. to do whatever. Just let me know. I can I I'm fine with letting protesters in the Capitol. I have no <laughs> issue with that at all. But anyways, I would will say he's actually an awesome dude. He even when we were younger, he was an awesome dude. He didn't participate in near as much nefarious activities as I did. So mm. he was the worst he would do is maybe smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. So right. Yeah. Well, the FBI, they have weighed in on this investigation into the shooting on the film set of Rust, and they have ruled that without a pull of the trigger, while the working internal components were intact and functional, this shooting could not have happened. Okay. So he did get a little trigger happy. (laughs) I mean... It seems silly, which is that's why we're talking about yeah. it. Like obvious, a mad, I mean, a gun <laughs> trigger had to be pulled, sure, in order for it to shoot. That's pretty much how that every gun I've ever used has worked. Yes, in my life, yeah. It says according to an FBI report obtained by ABC News, the gun could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger. Alec Baldwin, the star and producer of the western, was holding the firearm at the time of the incident last October. Baldwin has stated that he was under the impression that he was holding a, quote, cold gun, mm-hmm. which is a gun without ammunition in it. Once again, I mean, you should always double check. Every gun right. that you see, I don't care if it's a Nerf gun, you treat every gun yeah. like it's loaded, whether Nerf, it is or it ain't. Nerf gun seems a bit extreme. A but, little extreme, but okay. hey, you can't. I mean, gun safety, we could never, <laughs> it'd never be too extreme. Can you ever extreme. be too careful? That's true. Ask uh, Halna Hutchins. No, wait. No, you can't. Because <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin killed her? <laughs> Let's call her up and ask her right now. <laughs> hey, 
Can you be too careful when it comes to gun safety, Miss Hutchins? <laughs> uh, she didn't say anything. This is insensitive. This lady has a family. <laughs> yeah, I might cut that. <laughs> well, no. We're no, we've done nothing worse than Alec Baldwin did. Yeah, I mean, we and that dude's still rich, you know. We're a couple of nobodies. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to help people. But. Yeah, right. We just want gun safety. <laughs> yes. That's all we want is gun safety. The live round killed Ms. Hutchins, and then it also wounded the director, Joel Susan. Okay. Yeah, two piece. He got two for one. Which, here's the thing, like, and here's another thing, like, you have a scene where Alec Baldwin is going to, like, shoot yeah. at you. Why are you standing behind the camera? Can't you set the camera up on the tripod That's what I think, and go yeah. stand somewhere Stationary. Else? Look, yeah. if we're going to do this shot, nobody needs to be downrange of the gun, right? Uh, Just in case. Yeah. Hey, I know it's a cold gun. Everybody move out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. The FBI's conclusion does not align with Baldwin's previous statements regarding the tragedy. The actor has maintained that he believes that he did not pull the trigger on the gun prior to it firing. Uh huh. Every, I mean, that's how they get you. That's <laughs> what I say. I have, uh, I've almost, I don't think I've ever heard anyone who's like had a negligent discharge on a gun range or whatever. You always hear him say, it just fired. It just went off. It just went off. Right. That don't happen. <laughs> Very. I mean, I'm sure out of all the shots that have been fired since we figured out we could use gunpowder to fire something, <laughs> yes. it may have happened a few times. Right. I wouldn't say oh, it's 100%, but most of the time. Especially with modern-day firearms, yeah. it's pretty close. Sure, yeah. Right. Really, if we can declare evolution of fact without the fossil record backing it up, we can say that guns don't fire by themselves. Okay. Unless they're wielded by a ghost. Sure. Right. Uh, the trigger wasn't pulled, Baldwin told ABC's George Stephanopoulos in the, an interview last December. I oh, would, another Clinton guy? Yeah. Okay. Wow, he says, weird. It's why they keep turning up in this story. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. Fault. The FBI says differently. <laughs> we need to trust the FBI. They're it's, getting nuclear it's really codes. the science, yeah. John. You got to yeah. trust the science. You got to trust the science. With the hammer in the quarter-cocked or half-cocked positions, the report states that the gun could not be made to fire without a pull mm -hmm. of the trigger. With the hammer fully cocked, the report states that the gun could not be made to fire without the pull of the trigger while the working internal components were intact and functional. With the hammer decocker on a loaded chamber, the gun could detonate a primer, but not a bullet simultaneously without a pull of the trigger when the hammer was struck directly. The FBI made the conclusion after performing accidental discharge test with a single Colt 45 caliber. Is that a Philly pen, pen? I can't. I don't. It's a revolver. I, sure. I don't know the name of this particular one. Ah. Sounds fancy. Sure. <laughs> Something Alec Baldwin would wield. That's a. I tell you what, preferred killing weapon of Alec Baldwin is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI completed its ballistics analysis of evidence in the fatal shooting on Thursday. Detectives have been waiting for the FBI analysis before forwarding the case to prosecutors for consideration of potential charges. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Which uh, I, represent, I, representatives for Baldwin were not immediately available for comment. Right. And I'll say, I get Alec coming out going, look, I didn't, 
I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything. You can't open yourself up to that sort of liability, especially since you're also the producer of the movie and hold some sort of umbrella policy, I'm sure, for that. So I get what he's doing. In the real world, it would have been a lot better for him to go out. I, this tragic, tragic mistake, I played some part in it. What can I do to make it right with your family or whatever? Mm-hmm. And let's, let's put this tragic episode behind us. It's just so bizarre because the number of media sure. coming out of Hollywood with yeah. guns. Yeah. Tons of guns, sure, all the time. I know, and I mean, this is hap- This is an extremely rare thing, but it 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 is crazy that it could even happen at all. You know, well, and the reason that it's funny, at least to me, not that somebody lost their life, that's tragic. Okay, but Alec Baldwin is so smug, and yeah. he was smug after this happened. Petulant, even would be a word I would use. Of uh, no, I ain't done nothing wrong type situation. And then the FBI is like, yeah, no, you really did. Like, mm-hmm. there's no possible way this could have happened without you pulling the trigger. And I think, like I said, maybe let's not stand right in front of a gun that's being fired, no matter what the case may be, whether it's loaded, unloaded, blanks, whatever. Just get out of the way. That's good advice. Yeah. Maybe these people didn't grow up in the South like we did. And if the scene calls for, you know, Alec Baldwin to shoot somebody, yeah, then once again you would think. I mean, I thought were there are there not entire teams of people that are responsible for yeah. like the well, safety of this? And I think that's who they were trying to pin all this on mm-hmm. is the people that were the safety and the armory team or whatever. Yeah, I would imagine that. I mean, more than likely, without me knowing like more fully, like exactly what was going on, that's who I would immediately right. blame. But here's the thing, Tiny. If I were to hand you a gun and I go, hey, Tiny, this is unloaded, mm-hmm. right? And you don't check it and you turn around and you shoot terror right in the forehead. Who's responsible in that situation? At me. Exactly. I'm the one who's responsible. And that's the exact thing that happened on this movie set. Mm-hmm. So now... So basically, I would bear some, I feel like, culpability or whatever. I don't know what word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you pulled the trigger that killed someone, yeah. not me. I guess I'm an accessory to murder in some way. But Alec Baldwin being an idiot yeah. who knows nothing about guns sure. is not a valid defense. But also hates guns, too, but <laughs> is going to make a movie with guns to get rich. That's another wild thing that comes out of Hollywood all the time. Like, we... We need common sense gun control, and then they're shooting like the most modern weapons and killing people left and right in their movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just entertainment, guys. That and, and that's this time, okay. And this one time in real life, yeah, right, yeah, this one time <laughs> in real life. There's got to be footage of it. I'm sure you've watched it already on Live Leak. <laughs> I, I've looked, I've looked for it. I cannot find it. <laughs> Give it a decade; it'll be out there. I guarantee you. Well, we still don't have footage of uh, Brandon Lee. Oh, we don't? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I think now, Did he fall to his death? Or did no, he get no, shot no. too? He, and in all, Same in, situation? In a extremely, almost eerily similar incident. What did he know about the Clintons? <laughs> well, this was back in the 90s. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think they will stop. Their bloodlust <laughs> will never stop. <laughs> no, that, that was a situation where the scene was these guys break into his... Like in the movie, they break yeah. into his house and like he's murdered. The gun that they were using 
the day before they had a squib load or a, you know what that is? A squib yeah. a squib is when the bullet, for whatever reason, it could be not enough powder in the case. It could be just, you know, bad powder for whatever reason, the bullet doesn't leave the barrel. It gets like stuck uh-huh. in the barrel. They come back the next day and they put a blank cartridge in, but there was a bullet that was still uh-huh. lodged in the barrel. And so when they discharged it, it fired though. Uh, he lost his life. Mm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Just quit playing around with guns, guys. All right. It's not funny. Okay. I mean, nowadays, like, computer, like, CG has come along so far. Maybe we can get to a point where we don't ever have to have an actual gun of any kind being pointed at somebody. I don't know that it's necessary, right? Like, yeah, because of computers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. Guns are cool. That's why they keep putting them in movies, you know? (laughs) Yes. Like, they want to outlaw them. But they put them in movies because they're cool. They Everybody, are cool. if you've ever shot a gun, you know it's fun. It's awesome, right? So stop messing with our guns. I'm a 2A absolutist like Tiny. <laughs> um, Just don't point them at people. Don't give them to Alec Baldwin. Like if you kill somebody, you shouldn't have a gun ever again, right? You lose the right yeah. to have a gun. That's pretty much how it works. So you're definitely getting a felony for that. I was about to say, I believe any kind of felony. Yeah, you definitely. lose your, your 2A Unless rights. you want to be sheriff of Fett County after getting <laughs> convicted. I think he appealed to be able to carry a gun and got denied or something. Well, that's good. Yeah. They were just like, no, man, you're a felon. You can't have a gun. You can be a sheriff, but you can't carry a gun. You have to be an Andy, you're Andy, Andy Griffith sheriffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have a deputy just walk around with him everywhere he goes. What if he just carried a sword? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like a big axe, like a war axe or something. It could be axe cop. Remember axe cop? <laughs> I don't remember axe cop. I thought you made that up. No, that sounded awesome. No, it was it was a uh, web comic turned Fox TV show. It went for two seasons back in the early aughts. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I was out of my wheelhouse. Okay, I didn't even have cable during the early aughts. <laughs> I was watching Touched by an Angel reruns <laughs> and Drumline over and over. A Drumline. <laughs> Old repeat. That's exactly right. That's how all that was. Um, Let's go to a feel-good story, Tiny. Copy and paste error results in a Nevada home buyer getting 87 properties for the price of one home. That is a heck of a deal. Yep. A Nevada home buyer literally got more than they bargained for, than she bargained for, uh, after ending up with an entire swath of lots in a subdivision. Uh, in the west central part of the state while buying a single-family home. The buyer was originally purchasing a single-family home in Sparks, Nevada, valued at $594,481. Wouldn't even make it in this neighborhood. That would be <laughs> on the low end. Like We would all shun that house in here. Say, that's a trailer on the other side of the road. Sure, right. <laughs> However, the Washoe County Assessor and Washoe County Recorder's Office had records showing that the buyer gained not just the property she was buying, but also 84 extra house lots and two additional parcels uh, in the Toll Brothers Stonebrook development just northeast of Reno. The properties include several home sites that have already been built on and sold 
and at least 64 of the lots were put under the buyer's name as of Saturday. The transaction was flagged by the tax assessor's office, which says it quickly notified the title company involved in the issue. Uh, The culprit was apparently all it takes is four keystrokes to accidentally give someone the title to properties worth millions of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. Here's a statement from the uh, deputy assessor for Washoe County, Corey Burke. It appears Westminster Title out of Las Vegas may have copy and pasted a legal description from another Toll Brothers transfer when preparing the home buyer's deeds for recordation. Because it was a pretty clear mistake, pretty clear a mistake was made, our assessment services division reached out to Westminster Title right away so they could begin working on correcting the chain of title for the 86 properties transferred in error. Hmm. I think I would be like, hold up. I, I thought I was buying all <laughs> those, y'all. Y'all made this mistake. I now am a rich owner, property owner, right? Mm -hmm. I know that wouldn't work when it would come back to it. And also for the poor person who's the clerk at the title company who didn't like change the code, they're like erased out all the important information. They're probably in a little bit of trouble. I would imagine so. Yeah. You got to hate to get that call. Remember that story we had here a while back where someone bought a piece of property and it turned out the city's water tower was yes, on the property. That's right. Yeah. And they had to like go back yeah, and fix that. You had to fix all that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That was a, he could have sold the water back. I was going to say, him. that would have turned me into a 1960s Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm like, unless you pay me a ransom of $1 million, yeah, right. oh, you're not dude. getting your water. Well, look, uh, how much water y'all pumping out of this a month? And we can come up with a per gallon rate that y'all can give me, <laughs> you know? Because this yeah, is my now, water. There's now going to be a tax on yeah, that. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be taxing y'all on that. And then they're like, well, you got to keep it up. I'm like, well, you got to pay me to keep it up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I need money to do that. Now I'm going to have to assess some more fees because you want me to keep it weed eating and paint it and all that. You and I'm going to need a guy for that. Yeah. I need my, a guy. My, my cousin. <laughs> sure. He's got a lawn cutting business. That's right. His brother in law, well, he's going to paint home of the 1996 state champs <laughs> on, on a water tower for y'all. An Earth Oddity podcast on the other side. That's right. <laughs> that would be great. Why do cities not sell advertising on their water towers as a, a revenue good, maker? That is a really good you question. You tell me Papa John's wouldn't pay some money to put their logo for five years on our water tower? I mean, they got their logo on that stadium sure. at the UofL. Yeah, right. They do. <laughs> Papa John's ran into some trouble, you know. A little bit. They've, they've pushed him out of the – is he even involved with a pizza company anymore? No, he's is not. Is it all Shaq now? There for a while, he was claiming he was going to try to pursue some kind of legal action. Yeah. I honestly, I don't, I have no idea what the truth is. Well, they got him on tape saying the N-word. He claims. He that, has to be from Kentucky if he's throwing that around. <laughs> he claims that that was a trap. Like, he wasn't using it the way they made it sound like yeah. he was using it. I think it. he was using now, it as an example of this is what we don't need to do, yeah. right? Now, that's what I would say if, if, you got, I, if I had been called on tape saying that. Well, you delete them all off of here. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I don't know who to believe. Like it, right. it, it, it would not surprise me that 
a board of a huge successful business franchise like that would want to get rid of him, like sure, get him out of the way. Yeah, he's holding them back. You know, he was. Yeah. They're like, we could be making millions off this dude. He's making us put stupid tables in every one of mm-hmm. our pizza boxes or whatever. But I also wouldn't put it past somebody to just, you know, say something they shouldn't say. Well, and, you think, yeah. Get, Papa John may be racist. I mean, we all have to come to terms with that. Yeah, Papa like John I don't know racist. if he is or he's not, but if he is, then yeah, it does make sense that we don't want that guy associated yeah, with, our with our business brand. anymore because that's t- killing our sales. Now you, they probably had to buy him out, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I'll be, it's not like you know because he said the n word, they get to come in and just take everything, right? Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> as bad as that is, yeah. he still owns a multi million dollar business. But yeah. I think they could vote to you know. Take away his because power, they're a publicly yes. traded company. Right. They they can obviously take it away from. That's him, where you so. mess up is when you go public, right there. Mm-hmm. I think he he it's possible he still has like some kind of shares. I but bet maybe, he does. But maybe he just doesn't have like voting rights right. anymore or something like that. I don't know. Oh man, but yeah, Shaq's making all their pizzas now, <laughs> which is fine. I love Shaq. I saw the. Calls it on the side of a gas station where Papa John started. It started oh, yeah? in Clarksville, Indiana. Huh. Getting sold out of a little uh, building on the side of a gas station. That's how it started. Man. And, and now he, it is what it is now. What an American success story. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. He built that business up and then it got torn down by him saying the N word. <laughs> well, now the business. That's, a, that's a, the look, American as you can get of a story. The pizza is still great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Papa John's. Thank you for the other night when we got together getting Pizza Hut, by the way, I if like I Pizza forgot Hut, to yeah. ask you. I love Pizza Hut, too. For years, I didn't eat Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut felt like their pizzas needed to cost 50% more sure. than everybody else in the area. But uh, here lately, they've, uh, do they still they've do become a lunch, more reasonable. Do they still do a lunch buffet at Pizza Hut? I'm not sure there is a such thing as a buffet anymore since 2020. <laughs> oh, no. The Chinese buffet is kicking down here. <laughs> I hope, I'm not afraid. Well, I've already beat real COVID. I'm not afraid of any of the variants. Is that a mock? Well, I'm out. not afraid of it either, but my family feels differently. <laughs> so well, unless it. me and you go sometime, <laughs> I love I'll never, I never get to go to a buffet. I will not turn again. down a buffet. People are like, ooh, I can't eat at Ryan's. I'm like, that's my homeland. <laughs> that's where I want to be. I remember... My grandfather, God rest his soul, sure. he actually he literally teared up one time mm-hmm. when I told him that they were turning the old Sonny's Barbecue building into a Barn Hills buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Deidre's grandfather, Herschel Ham, one of the greatest men I've ever known in my life. Every year when he would get his crop check after selling his crop, mm-hmm. it would bring the whole family to Quincy's. Quincy's was the bomb. I know. You I got to the Quincy's. buffet. You got big fat yeast rolls. <laughs> you got and nonstop like, desserts. Yes. It was like <laughs> the greatest night of the year for the ham family. <laughs> yeah. We would all load up and go down there. He'd buy everybody's dinner. It was it was awesome. It sounds fantastic. Sure. I'll tell you something else that was pretty nice. Maybe not quite Quincy's level. Yeah. But when I was a kid, my dad, he did this thing on Sunday nights. He would take me and my younger brother, Brad, to Godfather's Pizza. Oh, yeah. To their buffet. And we would eat pizza. We would drink Coke. And we would sit there in front of, like, the store's big screen television. 
and watch America's Funniest Videos with Bob Saget, Beautiful. followed by America's Funniest People with Dave Clugay. Oh, yeah. You tell about Alanis Morissette's boyfriend? Back in the 90s. Yes. That was a Sunday night for That's the a ages. huge night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, and then all the younger people had to act like that stuff wasn't cool anymore. <laughs> it ruined it for everybody, you know? Yeah. They're trying to do it to Applebee's and Chili's and all that, too, you mm-hmm. know? Man. They're ruining it for us. Well, time is cyclical. It is. And it is my prayer that we will live to one day see the return of the Ryan's Buffet. I want the big fat, fat yeast roll to come back. <laughs> yeah. Or like just a good Shoney's. Yeah. You know, Shoney's used to rock. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was like, ah, oh, that's weird that we're all standing in this cattle line and getting food. No, it's not. It's, who cares? It's not weird. <laughs> I don't care if it's weird. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, like everybody's a foodie now too. That's what the internet really did is made everybody think they're a foodie. You know, mm-hmm. you're not foodies. Y'all aren't Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. You know, just because you pan seared some trout at your house one night and grilled some asparagus, that's no better than anything Shoney's could do. I was about to say pan seared trout and asparagus sounds like a very mediocre lunch to me <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. I want some fried catfish. Absolutely. And some home style french fries. Yes. That's what I want. At, on a buffet setting? Some if coleslaw. You hit a, nothing better than hitting up just by chance hitting up a buffet and it's fried catfish day. Oh, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh it's about to go down. <laughs> I'm about to clean y'all out. Y'all met y'all's match today. <laughs> I love it. Huh. All that stuff's gone now, though. Thanks, COVID. You know, <laughs> this is Biden's America. I will never forgive China. <laughs> That's right. For releasing a virus. Never forget. They destroyed the American buffet. Never forget what they took from you, Tiny. <laughs> well, I won't. Never forget I won't. it. They took it all from us. We, had, we were living high on the hog. All right. Um, This is going to be my second dark story. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to read the headline here. U.S. pedophile dies after drinking mystery liquid during the reading of guilty verdict. Well, that's not dark at all. That's a happy ending, right? It is. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, if I'm being if I'm being honest, if this dude was indeed guilty of what he was being convicted of, sure, then I think that's probably the best outcome. Is he's just gone yeah. and we don't have to worry about him getting parole, yes. or ever doing this again to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, is he? I mean. He helped us all out, right? Yeah, in a matter of speaking, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a responsible citizen. Well, now he now he was. I would like to point out he was waiting for his verdict. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> kind of probably had a good idea how it was going to swing. I guess. <laughs> but I imagine what if it would if they would have come out and said not guilty, but he's already got the bottle down. They <laughs> just wait until he falls over. They're like, oh, we find the defendant not guilty. <laughs> he's laying on the floor dead. Uh, so many more. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> a Texas pedophile died this week after drinking a mysterious liquid from a water bottle as a jury found him guilty of sexual assault. Yeah. Officials said that'll happen. Edward LeClaire, 57, was on trial in Denton, Texas for five counts of sexual abuse and had been free on bond until the verdict. As the verdicts were being read, he chugged a bottle of water that he had at sitting at his table. Uh, the assistant district lawyer Jamie Beck told CNN that he's that the liquid seemed cloudy. So, 
I don't know if he just had the bottle or if maybe he <laughs> he snuck some he, kind of powder in. Thought and, he put a crystal light packet in it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe he had a special, like like you said, like yeah. a crystal light packet. Those and, things are out of control, by the way. Everybody, mm-hmm. like women at my office, you're going a little overboard with all the packets. <laughs> Well, you just need to start a rumor that, that is there some, one people, of those some people put poison in them. There's this pedophile who didn't even know it and died in Texas. Our investigator noticed him chug the water. He told the bailiff that he might want to go check on him. The bailiff did, and then he was un- unconscious in the holding cell. LeClaire's defense lawyer, Mike Howard, said shortly after ent- entering the holdover cell, he started vomiting and emergency services were called. Uh, he had taken a long drink from a water bottle while listening to the verdict, but the lawyer did not know what was in the bottle. Medics tried to revive him, which, why? Well, you know it was Texas. They were <laughs> it's like, their job. They are like, hey, guys, we got an emergency down here back in the holding cells. We need the paramedics. It's for a pedophile. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I was saying. Take your time. <laughs> if I was a medic on this call, sure. I'd been like, you know. Look, we couldn't find a parking spot. <laughs> we tried to get here as quick as we could. He was later pronounced dead at the hospital. An autopsy was ordered, and the cause of death is listed as pending. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe this is a hot take, but I'm not. I'm going to rest easier yeah. tonight knowing that he's no, I no longer have to worry about him. I don't want. You know, I'm not a fan of death, but there's some honor in taking your own life in this situation, I guess. Save everybody a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh he was retching in his in his holdover so yeah. I hope it I hope it hurt. Wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. Well I mean it sucks to suck for that guy. I'm sorry that sorry, not sorry. Yeah, you got yourself in that situation where you felt like that was your only way out. But don't mess with kids. Yeah. And don't mess with Texas. That's probably part of it. He was like in San Francisco. He'd have been like, well, okay. They'll put me in to, some white collar yeah. prison. I'll just go to jail for a while. they let me out and then I'll be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I but don't know if that's you're how a things work. You go to a Texas jail. Yeah, no, it's not fun. <laughs> I'm going to drink this mysterious cloudy liquid here. <laughs> right. Not only do the inmates hate me, but the cops hate me too. The people that are supposed to protect me hate me too. So I'm just going to check it on out. Get on out of here. Um, I did reference San Francisco. That was a shot. As we know, San Francisco is a metropolitan area uh, filled with classy people who are much more cultured than we are down here in the rural South. Whatever that means. In the heart of Dixie, where we are. We know that they are, you know, just good, better people. Their social credit score is higher than us. Well, a casket gets knocked over at a Bay Area funeral where a massive fight breaks out between family members. A massive brawl broke out between up to 20 family members during a funeral for an elderly woman on August 6th, leading to one injury and one arrest and $20,000 in damage. $20,000 in damage? What did they do? Um, the Richmond Police Department said it responded to the Rolling Hills. This is Richmond, California, by the way, not mm-hmm. Richmond, Virginia. What They reported to the Rolling Hills Memorial Park at 1.30 p.m. after several reports of a chaotic altercation between 8 to 20 family members who were reportedly armed. <laughs> what were they so mad about? Well, look, why are you packing heat at 
Pawpaw's funeral or whoever it was. I mean, my my current guess, I mean, I, hopefully we find out, but I'm guessing maybe uh, Mama here well, has quite a large estate. It says. And maybe we're upset about who's going to get what. Sergeant Aaron Pomeroy said it was an instance of family drama that started between a brother and a sister who were attending their mother's funeral and who did not get along. And it goes back many years. Hmm. The brother and sister were talking and got into an argument when her boyfriend came over and encouraged her to walk away. The brother started beating on the boyfriend, and that's when it escalated and it became a brawl, and we started to get calls, Pomeroy said. So boyfriend had some good advice. Well, he just tell just walk no away. One, boyfriend, don't be sticking your nose in family business. You ain't <laughs> part of the family yet, and even when you become part of the family, you're not a full-fledged member of the family, so you got to tread lightly then. Mm-hmm. Don't go sticking your nose in family business, Okay. <laughs> That's just good advice. But it, I will, yes, that, I agree. But it does sound like he was trying to de escalate the situation. <laughs> well, saying just leave. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Come on, Becky, let's go. Let's get on out of here or whatever. And his my old brother was like, I'll show you. <laughs> Started whooping on him. I'll, t- I'll, I'll teach you to turn your back on me. That's right. <laughs> At one point uh, during the physical fight, the brother got into the vehicle or got into a vehicle with the intention of driving over his sister. He attempted to drive toward his sister, Pomeroy said, in an aggressive way, but instead he struck another female and sent her to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Um, Like, what if he jumped in the hearse and did that? You know, <laughs> mama's still in the back. <laughs> in the car, the brother also damaged the grass, knocked over and damaged headstones and vases and broke a water main that ejected copious amounts of water and flooded the funeral plot. I'm just thinking wow. about that scene in my head. That's like something out of Animal House. I know. I mean, I mean you you hear about fights breaking out and damage getting done. When you said $20,000. They busted a water main. <laughs> wow. So the driver also reportedly knocked over the casket uh, but the body didn't fall out, which is good. <laughs> he probably threw it in reverse, wasn't looking back, backed into Mama's casket. Oh, man. Uh, when the brother got out of the car, a family member hit him on the head with a cane, injuring him. <laughs> with a cane. <laughs> you just get what's handy, grab what's handy. Uh, uh, the investigator said they used the cane to try to get him under control. The suspect was hit a couple of times. The times the cane came from someone who was at the funeral. I don't know what they ever, I don't know that they ever identified where the cane came from. It'd be the person with the limp. (laughs) (laughs) We sometimes get family disputes at the cemetery or a church, they said. Uh, This is no different, but it was an especially large family fight, and they said possibly armed. This one went above and beyond. So Wow. That's tough. I hope my children don't fight at my funeral, you know? Right. That's not a legacy you want to leave in any way. I just, I wonder what it, I mean, apparently they've never liked each other. Yeah, they hadn't got along in a while. So. He probably all, used to always eat off of her favorite blue plate or something when they were little, and it just escalated from there. I have no idea, but I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, these kids didn't get taken to VBS when they were little. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. 
they weren't they probably didn't hit up Wednesday night church or anything. They were Christmas Easter only. Speaking of canes, I know this is only this is almost not even related, but uh when you get old you think you're gonna be a cane guy? If I need a cane, yeah, definitely I'll use one. Man, I wish I had a cane now. <laughs> well, I think I think you can transition to cane at any point you want to. Oh, really? I've seen several pimps who do don't appear to be handicapped or okay. disabled. Right. Yeah. So you can start carrying a cane if you want. Man, here lately, my ankle has been killing me. Okay. Terry's been telling me I need to go to the doctor, but here's the thing. If I go to the doctor, they're going to find something. Maybe. There's going to be a copay. Sure. There's going to be... Follow-up visits. All kinds of money I'm going to have to sell out. Prescription drugs. And if it's a stress fracture, I mean, what can they do besides have me wear this boot around? Well, that may get you off of work for a little while, right? Well, I can't afford that. Well, not living here. (laughs) Doesn't the union take care of you in your time of need? It's 70%. Okay. That's better than nothing. That's better than nothing. But you can sell enough tell, stuff you know on you Facebook Marketplace. You know what I think is better than than seventy percent? A hundred. I think a hundred percent walk around with a cane, and an <laughs> ankle brace, especially one of those canes that like turns into a sword. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Sure. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think I would use a cane. I would rather use a cane than a walker. Mm-hmm. I would rather use a walker than one of those little wheel around things that they yeah. have. And I would rather use one of those than a fatty cart. Like in the hierarchy <laughs> of walking assistance I need, that's where I want to be. My grandpa had a cane and uh he he's actually he was actually buried with it. And oh, wow. then my dad Really, there towards the end, because of his Parkinson's, he needed a walker, but he was so embarrassed. He right. insisted on using a cane. Well, that's tough. I can yeah, get that, too. I can get that. Yeah. But, man, he he really needed a walker. But he, he had a cane. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I would I'm go ready to get mine. Yeah, I would. Might go on Amazon tonight. <laughs> just go ahead and get you a sword cane. Start walking around with it. Right? Just be part yes. of your look. What if you went cane and Heatley's? You know? <laughs> I don't think... I don't think that would uh You're doing you're like planting the cane and doing tricks and stuff with it. Dude, the most it's funny you say Healy's. The most bizarre thing happened last night. Oh yeah. We were at Pyro's, the you know, the Sullivan family. Sure. And we were sitting outside at one of those tables, and this dude came outside of Fresh Market and he was walking, he was carrying a big old bale of cardboard on a jack lift. Yeah. And he was Going down a hill, and he was actually running with it because after you go down the hill, there's like a like a you go back up. He's building some momentum, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so he and he starts going up, and then he kind of lost momentum. So oh, he's just no. sitting there pulling on it, you know. And he he was he got it, but boy, he was struggling. Yeah. And I hollered out to him, just being funny. I was like, "Hey, you need any help with that?" And he said, "No, nah, I got it." And uh, he he turned around and he says, "Wait a minute." I know you. Didn't you used to shop in Target and wear Heelys? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, that was a good 10 years ago, but yeah, that was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> well, bizarre- let that be a lesson to you, listeners. <laughs> You're always, all, you know, your witness is always out there, right? Say, yeah. You never know who right. you're going to reach. That's right. 
I mean, you need to be the hands and wheelies of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So you never well, know. Good. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. This is going to be my last story here. Uh, John, have, have you ever bought a house or rented an apartment? Yes, both. <laughs> have you ever... Have you, I'm, you, I imagine you signed some paperwork. A bunch. Did you read all of it? No, man. I'm 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 just like if y'all want to ruin my life with a line in this contract, go ahead. <laughs> Neither did I. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, it's a way. lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, always, they also write it. Yeah. So they write it in such a way that you have to pay someone else. Yeah. To explain to interpret that what is this a, sacred document manuscript says. Travesty of the United States is that we have to have lawyers to explain to us what laws mean. You know? Yeah. Like you would think that would be written to where the lowest common denominator would know. Yeah, you can't just write it in English. You yeah, have to right. write it in this sacred language <laughs> sure. that only lawyers speak. Yes, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, a Las Vegas landlord requires a tenant on Section 8 to sign a, quote, sex contract okay. in order to lease their home. All right. Uh, a landlord is accused in federal court records of preying on a local mother des- desperate to put a roof over her children's heads. The demand for sex in order to rent a home is part of an ongoing federal trial that includes allegations of discrimination, harassment, and fraud. Alan Rothstein is the man who wrote the contract. Court records show that he forced a prospective tenant to sign it in November of 2018 in order to rent a four-bedroom home on Wedgebrook Street near Las Vegas Boulevard in St. Rose Parkway. I would like to know what they mean by forced a person to sign it. Yeah, that's a. I mean, forced is a is a word. I'm not going to say coerced can, someone to sign it. Well, they said forced, sure. and if I was the person who was speaking before a judge, I would probably use the word forced as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm thinking about his defense. Uh, this guy lost both his licenses, licenses after a Nevada real estate division investigation, and he now stands to lose a lot more if a federal judge finds him in violation of the Fair Housing Act in a lawsuit filed by his former tenant. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Uh the facts are unlike anything experienced housing lawyer Bruce Flamely has ever seen. Quote, my reaction was, you're putting me on. Nobody in their right mind would go to the trouble to draw up a contract like this. He was asked to look over this you know, sex contract here, and he says, you've never seen anything like this. He says, not even on bar exams in law school, nobody has ever put something like this together that I've ever seen. Although in all candor, I think there may be more of more of these out there. The way it's written up, he said that he he said, is this a joke? Yeah. Like, how is this real? It says that uh, Lisi agrees to engage in sexual <laughs> congress with Lessor. Well, it says the document is titled Direct Consent for Sexual Intercourse and or Oral Sex. Okay. Well, look, <laughs> I would like to commend this landlord for seeking consent, you know? Yeah. In the age of Me Too, 
You can never be too careful. He says that it goes on to say, please read this legal contract carefully. Okay. Uh, And that's where Flamely here says he started laughing because this is a legal contract in the way actors on Grey's Anatomy are real doctors. (laughs) And that this contract is literally not worth the paper it's printed on. The terms of the so-called contract are even crazier than the title. The tenant had to swear that she wasn't signing under the influence of an incapacitating intoxicant aphrodisiacs, or psychoactive substances, including but not limited to alcohol, drugs, oysters, Mm -hmm. brimlatine, Mm -hmm. truffles, sea sea cucumber, (laughs) strawberries, lobster, dark chocolate, cocaine, LSD, cannabis, or any other mind-altering chemical or substance, nor have they been given the same by the initiator which, of course, in this case, was the oh, Rothstein yeah. guy. <laughs> he says, uh, who, you know, I've never known anyone who's been under the influence of lobster. Well, well you have never taken a date yeah. to Red Lobster. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, you want to get a lady horny, you take her to Red Lobster, <laughs> right? I mean, that's pretty much how it works. That's a guaranteed time, 100%. Yes. According to the pleadings, she was told that if she didn't sign this, that she was not going to be able to rent the unit. So for all intents and purposes, it's sex for a place to live. That's exactly what it is. It's almost sex on demand, Flamely said. Uh, He says, so what do we make of the fact that she initialed this? And he said, nothing. People sign things all the time. And the popular myth is that, well, you signed it, so it's binding. But there are a variety of things that you can sign that are not binding. Any contract that is against the law or public policy is not binding. That's true. I.e. A sex contract. (laughs) Even if both parties were sincere in their signing of the contract, it can't be legally binding if it's against the law. Well, like, is it a once a month thing? Well, I didn't read, I didn't go over the fine details of the contract. I I have no idea. I would sleep with my loan agent if they would just knock, like, half my payment off once a month, you know? He was a cute dude. (laughs) But let me say this. If you sign a contract with this dude. Yeah. And then he doesn't uphold his end of the bargain. Sure. And you're sleeping with him, but he's still charging you the same amount. You can't go to court and say he's not holding up <laughs> his end of the bargain. No, he'll be holding his end up. <laughs> because the the law would just come back and say, well, this is not a legally binding document yeah. because it's illegal. Yeah. Uh, it says also... Um, well, liberals hate landlords, and that's what this all comes back to, Tiny. <laughs> right? They don't like private property ownership. And this it? man's just trying to do an honest day's work here. <laughs> He's getting consent from the ladies. Everything's fine. You think they initialed it, and then he shows up like on the fifth? He like, tried hey, to. He tried to claim rents due, and uh, you know, like, how do you want to? <laughs> you know, how do you want to handle this? Uh, you got two options: we can go full out or oral. And they're like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, "Oh no, look right here. You initialed page seven, sub paragraph B. So you, now you must give me a blowjob." <laughs> Where is it? There was somewhere in this crazy article that I was reading through. It also said in the document that the respondent does not currently have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or parent who is larger, meaner, or more physically aggressive, owns firearms, or is in more or is more possessive than the initiator. <laughs> so, there was a clause in there 
saying that you you couldn't enter in this agreement if you had a scary boyfriend yeah. or a parent. I don't want to get whipped. I don't want to get whipped, Claus. And so, I mean, I mean, it makes you wonder: is this like just a joke? I mean, I don't I, know. Like that, I want, that's what I would claim: is this is all ha ha funny funny. Yeah, like if I was the creep that yeah. was actually trying to. I would put stuff like that in there so yeah. I could tell the judge, well, this was just a joke. It's Obviously, clearly a it's joke. clearly a yeah. joke. I got this other clause down here that you have to give me bubble gum three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. But first of the month, yeah. I'm telling tenant, uh, you signed this agreement. Oh, you signed it. <laughs> yeah, let's go on and strip them clothes off. <laughs> right. And I guess you can't discriminate in housing, so you'd have to offer the same contract to men and women <laughs> or anybody else on the spectrum, right? Right. And then when it comes time for Big Joe to pay his rent, <laughs> I hope you're ready, right? He may be into it, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, all right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So I guess to sum up uh, – Maybe read those contracts yeah. that they put in front of you. Check out your And don't lease. do like Tiny and John and just sign them willy-nilly. Was, <laughs> but It depends on what it is. But when you're signing for a house, yeah. it's so much stuff. So much stuff. When we sold the last house, they were first-time home buyers, And like the first little document, the dude started reading it all. And I was like, oh, we're going to be here. Hey, I tell you day. what. Have you ever combed through the uh, terms uh, of service for like TikTok? Oh, yeah. Like you yeah. read them all? Oh, I've read some of them. <laughs> You've read some of them. Yeah, because it talks That's about creepy. they have access to your contacts, location, everything else. Yeah. Even when not using the app. Right, yeah. Like you can close out the app and they can still yeah. track you and know all your stuff. Right. They can read your emails. It's sure. crazy. That's what China's doing to us. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. Or, well, I mean... We're doing it to them too, though, right? We're doing it to everybody. I would hope you know, so. We started it, probably. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I mean, if I had to think about it, they're catching up to us now. We've been doing it for forever with Google, for sure. Mm -hmm. Google was developed by the CIA. Everybody knows that. You just got to do your own research. <laughs> well, speaking of China, let's talk about Hong Kong. Okay. Hong Kong has a cum problem. Come again? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Take a walk around Hong Kong, and you may notice that many of the rubbish and recycling bins dotting the city streets are labeled with the word cum, as in litter, cum, recyclables, collection bin. That's right, no dashes. For anyone who still entertains a middle school level sense of humor, that, that would be us. us. <laughs> The use of the archaic Latin word cum, which means combined with, will likely draw a smirk and a snicker. Hmm. The word is similarly used in the American lexicon, though perhaps less colorfully. The most prevalent use is probably in the academic sense with Latin honors cum laude or uh, magnum cum laude, uh, you know, all that good stuff, which means you know serving with great honor or the highest honor. Um, in other areas, cum is used with the dashes those Hong Kong sides are so sorely lacking with enough frequency in present-day English that an academic paper has been written about it. Uh, a quick search online shows that the you want to be careful if you're searching this online. <laughs> 
shows that the word is still quite often used by mainstream publications and travel guides to describe a market come carnival in NPR to describe rapper come singer and novel come memoir and in State Department documents to refer to content users come participants. (laughs) That's the Epstein flight logs. The key thing here is that in the U.S., the word come is not blasted on public signs in a massive font. That's what makes it so weird, it says. Uh, It's omnipresent in Hong Kong. The younger Westerner would look at it and go, he, he, ha, ha, but only because of the double entendre, says Jason Wordy, a local historian who regularly writes about the backstories of the city's many quirks. This linguistic oddity in Hong Kong very likely traces its roots back to the British, who ruled the city from 1841 until 1997 when it was handed back over to China. Over a period of one and a half centuries, the Brits invariably brought with them a wide range of cultural influences uh, from the rule of law that they use and uh, far far more robust protection of civil liberties compared to the mainland Chinese government. Uh, all the way down to Latin. So it seems pretty clear that come came from the British via their occupation uh, and territory. But not the American version. Not not American come. Where where does that come from? Well, the American version, I guess, (laughs) comes from the British too. I don't know. (laughs) British are coming everywhere. (laughs) At one point, they were. You know? Like, literally, they were. Well, the old saying, the sun never sets on the British Empire. That's right. Because they had colonies and ports Everywhere, all, all over the world. world yeah. yeah. Lost it all. Started with a little place called the United States. <laughs> and then the rest of the world is like, oh, wait a minute. You mean yeah. we can like not have kings? Yeah, we, we don't, don't have to them? we don't have to do this anymore <laughs> either. It took a lot of them a lot longer to get on board, mm-hmm. you know, to like go, all right, we need to get out of this situation that we're in. Poor old Ireland. They have never been able to get on out, I don't think, right? <laughs> uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah, Northern <laughs> Ireland. Sort of, didn't they? they? <laughs> I, I thought they were still part. Did they ever get out? I don't know. I, I do not know enough about I don't the, know enough about the About the whole thing. The and I should, R-A-N. because I'm a Sullivan. Like, yeah, that's, so your, I, that's your people. <laughs> that's my heritage. Right. I should know more about it. I rode through uh, Bankston, Alabama today. Are you familiar with Bankston? Yeah, I had a buddy from Bankston. So that's... Was where my dad grew up, you know, mm-hmm. Zimbankson. So we're riding through, and I was like, look, y'all, this is our homeland. You know, like, this is the longs. This is where we come from, you know. And, of course, you're in and out of it in two seconds because it's, it's <laughs> yes. a, literally one building, really, <laughs> and a park. And uh, Hudson just leans up, takes out his ear pods, and goes, it's kind of unimpressive where we came from. <laughs> I was like, that should tell you a lot. We've we've rose to greatness out of such humble beginnings. You <laughs> now know? you're living in Bell Mead. Yeah, now you're living you're in Bell Mead. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Shout out to Chris who rode by. He didn't even stop in. I know. I told him he should have came and told you hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave me alone. You can come see Tiny all you want to. Tiny will take you to see the face in the courthouse window. <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> <laughs> We can do breakfast at the Waysider. That's right. Yes. Before we go, <laughs> we, I, I'll, I, 
I'm good for one meal. <laughs> what any of our fans, one meal. That's it. That's all you're getting out of me. So I guess to, to put a bow on this story, yeah. if you go to Hong Kong and you see the word come, right. that doesn't mean it's okay to whack it in the dumpster. I mean, it you can. Yeah, but you, you're you going to have to pay the repercussions of that. <laughs> right. right. Like, it's a good place to whack it. It makes clean up. It's very efficient. Much better, right? Much better. Well, speaking of, we want to thank our sponsor, world famous Cajun Curl by Yulin and Spice for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order the spice right there on their website, CajunCurl.com. Creator on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on anything will change your life. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice, and you'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at Bowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats, Mark's Martin Downtown Northport, and the Piggly Wiggly on Lurleen Wallace, and the Piggly Wiggly on 69 South, down in Taylorville. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, has a little kick, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice and not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. Use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. All right, John, what do you say we go to the phones? Okay. We have a quick voicemail this week. All right. Hey, this is Shug. I'm calling about uh, asking John questions. So my question for John is, who, uh, Adam, Adam and his house cat. First of all, who is Adam? And what about his house cat? And how come nobody knows who Adam's house cat is? So that's what I want to know. Question to John. Thank you. So when someone says, I don't know such and such from Adam's house yeah, cat. Yeah, I don't know it from Adam's house cat. Yeah, who is Adam's house cat? I I get, well, Adam's house cat is belongs to Adam. Yeah, it's, it's Adam's cat. Yeah. Right. But who is Adam? And where did that saying come from? Is really the question. And me and Shug were together when he called in and left this message. And I had a grand plan to do a lot of research and sound really intelligent about it. <laughs> and you immediately forgot. I forgot all about it until he said, hey, this is Shug. And I was like, dang, I forgot. So I don't know the answer to who is Adam and Adam's house cat. Are you Googling it? <laughs> I am. Okay. But I also knew our phone number off the top of my head to tell him to call. So that was very good, too. Credit to me. Uh, this comes from ProEdit.com, and it says, The Southern expression, I wouldn't know him from Adam's house cat, is an attempt to improve upon, I wouldn't know him from Adam's off ox, referring to the off ox in the yoke farthest away from the driver. Gotcha. Which, in turn, is a variation of, I wouldn't know him from Adam. 
Maybe it's better than both of its predecessors since hardly anyone drives oxen these days. And as more than one humorist has observed, Adam had no navel, wore only a fig leaf at most, and would have been fairly easy to identify. So, <laughs> okay, I suppose Adam is the first Adam. Okay. From, the first man. <laughs> from your Bible story. Who had a house cat <laughs> in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Okay. Okay, there you go. Makes perfect sense. I'm sorry, Shug, that I didn't do my research. I was busy working mm-hmm. the whole time. <laughs> Focused on my job and my career. Well, John, something else we do on this show is we like to ask questions. All right. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. Uh, we like to ask John questions on this show, and if you have any questions for John, you can head on over to our Discord server, link in the show notes, and you can head on over to the Ask John Questions About Stuff sub-channel. Our first question today comes from Stan. He says, as mentioned on the Patreon, we need a breakdown of who goes down to what layer of hell of or what hell is like in Dante's Inferno. Mm. So I don't remember all of the layers of Dante. I think the lowest layer, like the most trouble, the worst sin was betrayal. Oh, was that it? I think if I remember correctly. I, I started reading that book and I think I made 10, 15 pages in. <laughs> I read it in high school. Before I was like, eh. I remember Miss Blackburn, the librarian, was like, why are you checking this out? I was like, because I want to read it. You know, and she's like, this is a really deep book. And I was like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. You know, <laughs> like, I know I look like one. I know I sound like one. But actually, in my brain, I actually have the capacity to learn things. I just don't demonstrate it in an hourly fashion. And I really want to see vivid graphic descriptions sure. of all these people being tortured to death oh, yeah. for all of eternity. Right. I need to know about it. <laughs> I need to know about it, lady. I just started eating mushrooms. I think this question really comes down to like what level, what circle do you think the people who hold up the line at the U scan yeah. right. in the grocery the, store, like where the do they go? Where do they go? The people who still can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. They're in the bottom, right? <laughs> okay. The the fatty cart people are right there with them. <laughs> I have no problem with like if you're if you have a disability and need the cart, you should use it. What's their punishment? Not the people with disability don't get it. The people who are just fat and don't want to walk around. That's what Walmart. I'm talking about. What what is their punishment in oh. Dante's Inferno? Oh. Like <laughs> maybe they just have to walk everywhere they go for the rest of their life. For While the rest of eternity. able-bodied little kids are on those cards, constantly running right. into them. <laughs> I almost had a guy back into me and one today at Win Dixie. He just started coming backwards, yeah. and I was trying to dodge. And the way I was dodging, he kept coming towards me. He was not even looking back at all. He just stood in reverse with no regard for anyone else. And if you're on like the olive of a grocery store. Yeah. It's like you can only go so far There's no left escape. Or right. <laughs> He's going to get you. I promise that's how it happened. You can ask Thomas because he squirted around him. <laughs> what, he did what? He like he squirted around him. Like a running back squirts okay, through the I hole. Got, Thomas is shifty. He's got good lateral movement. Okay? Okay. He broke down, yeah. jab step, cut to the left, <laughs> hit the hole to daylight, touchdown. He made it up with the family and the buggy. And I was stuck. And this dude was just 
comment for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so moral of the story, Thomas squirted around and the guy was coming for me. Okay. Yes. I made it out alive. I think sometimes these guys also will have to like stock the shelves and someone's like knock stuff over with a little cart. Sure. And they have to pick it up. That's that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. A display gets knocked over or something. (laughs) Uh, next question also comes from Stan. What smells good but tastes bad? Uh, what smells good? Well, watermelon smells good to me, and it tastes bad to me. I really? Do you don't like, like watermelon? I don't like watermelon. Oh, man, that is yeah. shocking. But I like like watermelon scents. Back mm-hmm. when Bed Bath & Beyond was going nuts, did her get some watermelon lotion? I loved it. You mm-hmm. know, I like the smell of watermelon bubble gum. But don't like watermelon. I don't like watermelon. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm like the only person in the South that doesn't like watermelon, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of like cantaloupe. Can't, I like cantaloupe better than like watermelon. Oh, uh, I got one. Okay. And, and I don't know if this quite fits under taste bad. Maybe it's just, it don't have much of a taste, but honeysuckles. Okay. Yeah. On a warm spring day. They smell great. Honeysuckles smell amazing. Yeah. But you can't, I mean, you can take the little... uh yeah, the little stem out or whatever. Yeah, and it and has a little, little bit. dollop of yeah. what a nectar that's on the yeah. end of it, but it don't really have much taste because it's only just such a minuscule yeah, amount. Bit. Yeah, gasoline's another one. It tastes <laughs> bad. Smells real good though. <laughs> gasoline does smell good. It smells great. There's not a person on earth like if you see uh, a dude that's addicted to huffing gasoline, people would look down on them. But I look and I'm like, all of us know gasoline smells good, right? (laughs) Like it's not like he cracked the code and he's doing something weird. He just went too deep on it. You know, I could be him, but I'm not. He just threw caution into the wind and Um, followed his heart. So I'm sure you've seen the wild and wonderful whites, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I know exactly what you're talking about, but yes, I haven't seen it. Well, predecessor to that was, Jesco White, the dancing outlaw, mm-hmm. came on public television. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, there is like dialogue of him just saying flat out he would kill his wife. You know, like he's, and this is on public television. I watched it when I was in high school. Right. He claimed that he could smell the difference between like 89 octane and 93 octane gas because he had huffed so much of mm-hmm. it. He could just sniff it and go, yeah, that's 93. That's the good stuff or whatever. <laughs> well, could he? I guess so. I don't doubt <laughs> it. They didn't test him. <laughs> I, I don't remember if they did. That's an amazing movie if you could ever watch it. it it's amazing. That that and Oki Noodling came on back-to-back on public television <laughs> when I was a kid. I love PBS, by the way. When everybody wants to defund PBS, it always hurts me as a staunch conservative that I am. Our next question comes from Goose. He says, I have an issue. I am on episode 32 of Earth Oddity. So oh, I'm about, Lordy. He says, I'm about out of odd shows to listen to. I'm assuming he's going backwards. Yes, yeah, right. Man, he is. Back in time. He's went back into the vault. <laughs> what podcast am I supposed to listen to when I'm done with all the Earth Oddity podcast? You got to get on the Patreon and listen to all those episodes if you haven't. I think he is. Okay. So. Wow. Man. I don't know what you go to after us. Hit up Hardcore History. <laughs> yeah, That'll I mean, last you a while. There's a lot of really good podcasts yeah. out there, but there are none like this. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. So if you're out of Earth Oddity and you're yeah. looking for a show like this one, right. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. 
where you go from here. Uh, Chris asks, if you like Star Trek The Next Generation, nerd. Uh, uh, yeah, like, you're a virgin. <laughs> he says, in gratuitous amounts of vulgarity, the greatest generation is pretty much a work of art. Okay. I, I don't think that's a question, but uh, uh, it's a Duly noted. <laughs> yeah, duly noted. Yes. <laughs> uh, cash Money Oddity Thousandaire asked, did the cops get the lady that cashed the double check from Spiller? Oh, wow. I forgot I talked about that. <laughs> um, as of this date, no, they haven't. So that's the lady who took one of our checks, repaid a vendor, mm. changed the name to her name, and cashed it. And scot-free. Well, basically, when I filed the police report, the officer was like, yeah, man, even if we do catch her, there's some sort of weird thing in the law where she can just claim it came to her, addressed to her, and she went and cashed it. How For was real? Yeah. How is she supposed to know Spiller Furniture <laughs> so sitting out this police officer is actively telling you, hey, do crime because yeah. you'll get away with right. it. Basically, <laughs> that's what he was saying. Like, Look, yeah, I don't know. He's like, there's some weird kind of thing yeah. that, that a lot of these people get off on. They figured out a loophole. So catch up with the law representatives and <laughs> yeah. senators of the state of Alabama. Until then, do crime, yeah. kids. If you're out there, <laughs> don't steal from us. I don't want you to steal, steal from like somebody Leonardo else. Be like Leonardo DiCaprio and catch me if you can. That's basically what this lady is. <laughs> yeah. she, was catch me. she was Leonardo DiCaprio. She might be flying a plane somewhere right now. <laughs> she might be. Yeah. All right, last question. This comes from Goose. Who works slower, construction crews or government workers? Ooh, that's a tough one. Government construction crews take, <laughs> take the cake in this. If you've ever seen Alabama Department of Transportation on a job, yeah, there you go. Because mm-hmm. they have little to no incentive to actually finish the job. Right. Because as long as the job is being done, they're still cashing checks, I exactly. guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, construction guys are pretty slow, but I think, once you kind of understand who the construction company has working for them, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. There are some good, decent construction people, labor, carpenter type people out there. The rest of them are just hung over and on like monster energy to get through their day <laughs> so they can drink as soon as they get off. And it's going to take them a while to finish framing up your house because. Little Joe got locked up this weekend on a DUI, and he ain't got nobody to bail him out because Arthotti bail bonding's <laughs> not up and running yet. Nobody's called in with tell me the lowdown on the business plan I have. Oh, we've got some seed money. <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I tell you my other business plan about at-home strep test? No. All right, this is going to make me a billionaire. Okay. All right. I was going to bring to market because we have at home COVID tests, at home strep tests, because my kids are constantly getting tested for strep, even though we've yanked their tonsils out and done mm-hmm. all the things you're supposed to do. Really, only Libby, she's left. The other two have kind of outgrown it, I guess. Right. But I was like, we got to go pay, you know, 40 bucks copay to get this test to find out that for she real? doesn't have it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sorry, Tiny. I'm not in the union. I don't have great insurance <laughs> like you do. Okay. We didn't strong arm a industry into getting better rates. I, I guess. I mean, I'm, I don't even want to say that. I'm talking about at the dock in a box. Like, if we go to our regular doctor, it's 20 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But anyway, so I was I guess, gonna... I guess my kids, uh, God, and again, knock on wood, please, please wood, please God. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they don't they don't get sore throats very often. So. Yeah, blessing. Well, my plan was I'm gonna figure out because they do these tests in the office in like ten minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody in China is making these tests. I just got to figure out who to buy them from, how to repackage them into individually sold items with a logo, you know the longs pharmaceuticals or whatever <laughs> on it and then get them on the shelf of every Walmart in America. It's going to, all I really had to figure out was distribution, you know, manufacturing is already being handled by somebody. How can I get a cut in on that? Right. Let's do it. Well, I've presented you know any doctors? this. We just need a doctor to recommend our products. Yeah. Right. Well, we can get all that. I don't yeah. know. I know doctors. Mm-hmm. All that takes is a check, you know? Right. And then you can test your kid at home if they do have it. Then go to the doctor and get your prescription for amoxicillin or whatever. You know, I can't do that part of it. Mm-hmm. But then you at least know before you get to the doctor, hey, it's going to be strep. A friend I went to to say, I'm, I am I need money, so I need, I'm need i willing to cut you in on this, laughed at me. Said it was an unworkable idea. The doctors would never let me do it. Pharmaceutical companies would never let me do it. All of that. He did not believe in me at all. Mm. Did not believe in the idea and the concept. So I get home and I Google at home strep test and somebody has already got it. So that sucks. I can't do it and make a million dollars. But it proves that my idea was a good idea. (laughs) They're selling them down at CVS, right? So I could have been a... Could so have. rich, Tiny. We could have been doing this podcast from our own studio in our own building. We could have been doing all that. We could have been brought to you by Long's Pharmaceuticals, Earth Oddity <laughs> Podcast by we Cajun could have Curl. Had a yacht on Lake Tuscaloosa. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely we would have. <laughs> on the on the boat. God, we would have been so rich. All we had to do is figure out how to get it from China to here. Yeah. And then how to package it and distribute it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's already worked out the technology. We got to print instructions. I'm sure test has already been cleared by the FDA because they're using it in doctors' offices around the world. Mm-hmm. And then we just got to people have to want our test because we just put it in a nicer box. Yeah, you know, make it look like an Apple product. Yeah, you want it but to it's be a strip right. test. Yeah, for yeah. your children, so you know, and you're not sending them to school and infecting everybody else mm-hmm. and all of that. The low, low price of $45, you can have peace of mind before you and don't waste time and effort at the doctor's office unless necessary. Nice. And then you can show up with your result to your doctor. They don't even have to waste time retesting you, and you're done. It's just you just stick a swab in their throat. I mean, it ain't no one thing. Hmm. All right. Anyways, <clears throat> I could have been a billionaire, Tiny. <laughs> well, John, you know what we need to do? Right now. Oh, yeah. Thank the people who are going to make us millionaires. <laughs> we need to thank those brave, brave, self-sacrificing individuals yeah. who are going to propel us sure. on to greatness. Won't y'all love when this segment is like 30 minutes long while we're reading all these people's names <laughs> as our show continues to grow? Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll have one whole show where we just read the patrons' names <laughs> once a year. <laughs> uh we, as I said, we want to thank our patrons. We want to thank by name those who donate donate at the ten or above tier, and those people are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. Hank Hernandez, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B, Mr. Josh Dodd, Mr. Shane White, 
Mr. Ms. Sharon Craig, the driver, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Tyler Bond, and of course, Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick Will. That's right. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. If you would like to become a a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earth oddity. We have several tiers, but the $5 tier gets you an extended show every week. Every week. And you get an extra episode. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And speaking of extended shows, what we got coming up today? We're going to talk about Vabin. <laughs> Vabin. Yeah. Okay. All the cool kids are doing it. We're going to talk about women's health also. Okay. So there you go. That goes along with what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure. This is a pro woman podcast. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Remind me to tell you a story. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you got anything else? I see it. All right. I love everybody. That's all I got to say. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us, whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on them all. If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, we are at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. If you would like to check out our show art, we got some pictures over on Instagram, that's underscore Earth Oddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server, link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Hey, patrons. Welcome to your show. <laughs> this is your show, not mine and Tiny's show. Sure show. We're doing this for you. That's right. Not for us. Not because we like to talk. <laughs> we do. And we have no one to talk to all week long except <laughs> each other one day out of the week. Sure. <laughs>